Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of ruining an HOA. But first a story from Gordon Tremesco. Panera pays for over $120 of food instead of just an orange juice. Back in 2019, I was meeting up with a bunch of my extended family who were all attending the same wedding. As a nice gesture, I decided to pick up lunch for Panera Bread, think soups and sandwiches for everyone. So I take orders from about 15 people, pick up the order from Panera, and make my way to the hotel where we will eat. After we arrive and start eating, I notice that I'm missing an orange juice for my nephew. I call the Panera and explain that, hey, I never got my juice, could I just get the juice refunded? Mind you, this is an over $120 meal, and I'm just trying to get a few dollars back for the orange juice I didn't get. They say they're not allowed to and give me another number to call. So I call the corporate number and explain the situation. They say they aren't allowed to do partial refunds, only full refunds. So to clarify, I say, you won't refund the missing orange juice, but they can refund the whole order? Yes, that's correct. So I requested a full refund, two phone calls plus the waiting, and it was granted immediately. Thanks, Panera Corporate. If this happened to you, would this actually make you more encouraged to eat at Panera in the future? Knowing that something as little as a missing orange juice on a $120 meal, they just refund the whole thing? Like, obviously it doesn't make much sense, but do you see this as a positive thing from Panera? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Mother Distance 4714 Want me to turn around one minute before I arrive? Pay me for two and a half hours, twice. Background, I did some service work on advertisement displays on gas stations. Working on gas stations is highly regulated. You need to wear protective clothing, signal wet, signal vest, goggles, security boots, helmet, and secure your workplace. 1.5 meters around you, nobody else is allowed. Even when you're working in the customer area where everybody else, including the staff, walk around casually. The certifications needed to do this work are boring as heck. They take a whole weekend of my precious time and must be done once a year. If the oil company finds out you didn't follow this protocol, you risk your contract. Our customer explicitly writes in every work order and sign-off sheet that this protocol has to be or was followed. We text sign this. If we don't follow protocol, we are really, really screwed. Now let's get started. I was having a really bad day. The last call was somewhere remote, but from where I was, it would only take an hour to drive. From where I would usually start, it would be more than two. The reported error was something that could be solved easily by rebooting a system, and frankly, we've never understood why this was an issue that needed an on-site visit from us, but the customer insisted. When this particular error happens, we usually go on-site, suit up, tell the manager what we need to do, and ask them to step a little to the side. In 9 out of 10 cases, the reboot button can be reached with a long screwdriver, so no ladder and no secured work area is needed, takes less than 5 minutes. Confirming that everything works with the customer takes 10 minutes. This stretches the security protocol just a little bit, but we all, techs working with the customer, agreed that this would be okay. 
Nobody would be endangered, and in this special case, everyone would benefit. So I called dispatch and informed them at 1500 that I would head out to this location. At 1600, I could literally see the sign of the gas station up ahead. My phone rang and I was informed that our customer ordered me to abort because today they only work until 1630. I tried to reason that this job would be done in less than 15 minutes and that I was already on site. No, customer wanted to leave early today. I was furious. So as I arrived the next day, I did what every responsible tech would do. I assessed the situation and found that the one button I needed to push was just out of reach and thus I needed to set up a ladder. This meant I needed to set up a proper workplace. This meant by the safety regulations, I needed to close down the registers. I informed the manager and to my great surprise, he did not like this. Dispatch informed our customer of the situation. I was told to wait while they discussed the situation. An hour later, I had a nice chat with the manager and a really good coffee. The customer asked if I could do the work without securing my work zone. Naturally, I informed them that I'm a certified technician and that the security regulations are very clear about what has to be done. I also reminded them that it was their work order and sign-off sheet that I and the local manager need to sign that all security measures had been taken. They needed to discuss the matter a little more, so I got another coffee. An hour later, I was asked to just again do my work without closing down the registers. I reminded them of the security protocol, but offered to do as they asked if they would send me this in writing. One coffee later, I was cleared to leave the site. This could have been the end of it, but no, as the device still needed a reboot, I got a work order for it two days later. And lo and behold, the button was still just out of reach. Same game, same outcome. So instead of letting me do my job when I was already on site, they paid me an absurd amount for not doing my job because of a very strict security protocol they insisted on. I mean, if it is just out of reach and you literally cannot safely reach it, and they're the ones being sticklers for these rules and regulations, I mean, frankly, what else are you to do? They want to be sticklers about these rules, and then the one time it's a little inconvenient for them, they go, well, just this one time, could you just, you know not do those safety regulations i know we make a stink about it but it's very telling that they didn't want to put it in writing that they wanted them to ignore said security protocols it's also motivation enough to not go ahead and do it because clearly there's something wrong if they can't stand by what they're asking you by the way if you're enjoying these stories make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos every single one has great stories like our next one from hufflepuff slowpoke Sure, I'll call the tenant. This story's about a job I just quit, and I doubt someone there uses Reddit, so I'll share it with you. Here we go. We were moving to another office, so things were chaotic. Days were really hot. So when we discovered our new office didn't have any AC, we were crushed. We tried to work there anyway, but two members started getting dizzy and weak, so we called our boss. He was solving some problems on our previous location, but told us to go home and not come the next day, since he'd buy a new AC and install it then. We were happy with the free day off, and my boss went on his way to buy the equipment. This story is about what happened when he bought it. So this new office was somewhere fancy. Our boss was a tenant in this building, and there were doctors, lawyers, dentists, all kinds of fancy people. Everyone wore suit and tie. Since most of the tenants were rich, the building's workers were super polite mostly because some tenants were rude to them, acted entitled, and tried to get them fired for petty reasons. Anyway, my boss called some of his friends and said, 
Hey, would you help me install an AC in my new office? I'll pay you with some beers. And they accept it, since it was, again, really hot. My boss and their friends went there the next morning, wearing tank tops, shorts, and sandals. They were greeted by someone who worked there, I don't remember his name but I'll call him assistant, that knew who my boss was, and would follow him around, answer his questions, help him with any info about the building or the room, you know, a good human being. He was supposed to know all tenants, so everyone liked him, but I guess he wasn't in a leadership position because his workmates didn't seem to enjoy his presence. He didn't seem to care though, so assistant greeted my boss and followed him to our new room. My boss said that he saw the receptionist look at them with disgust because of their clothes but didn't think much about it. What were they supposed to do? There was only one entrance. They went upstairs and started working. Eventually, my boss noticed he forgot some tool in his car. No problem. Assistant went with him, they got it, and came back. At the reception, again, Mr. Receptionist looked annoyed. Meh. My boss, who I admit wasn't the most organized, noticed he forgot to buy something. Okie dokie. Assistant, always happy to help, followed him to the entrance and waited for him to buy the tool somewhere near and come back. Again, as they got in, the receptionist looked pissed. Hmm. For the third time, my boss had to go through the reception to do something or get something he forgot. Assistant went with him, assuring him it was okay and he had every right to come and go as he pleased. But this time, the receptionist had enough. When my boss got into the building, he saw a receptionist come in his direction fuming. But he didn't say anything to my boss. Instead, he went straight to assistant and completely ignoring my boss said something along the lines of what the heck is this why are those people coming and going like there's no order in this building why don't you do anything assistant just looked at him and said calmly i'm sorry but they need to make as many trips as necessary to install their new ac today so that tomorrow the team can work without any interruption or discomfort i don't care said the receptionist those people are annoying our staff our guests and our tenants This building is no place for them. If you don't stop this mess right now, I'm going to call the tenant and tell them you're allowing such people in his new office. I think you can guess what happened next. According to my boss, assistant's face lit up and he smiled. Oh, really? Please do. You can talk to the tenant right now if you'd like. And he turned to my boss, who just looked at him with an innocent, yes, how can I help you, face. My boss said that the receptionist's face went white. He tried to say something, but couldn't pick the words. So he just left in a hurry. My boss and assistant laughed a while about it and went back to the office. The AC got installed and we worked the next day with ease. I don't know what kind of power trip or discomfort this receptionist was facing, but like, if a new tenant is moving in, into an office no less... There's probably going to be people coming and going all the time, setting it up for whatever purpose that tenant was wanting to have that office for. And especially if that receptionist knew at all that that office didn't have AC, and it was hot as heck outside, and they saw parts coming and going, people with tools coming and going, they should have been able to put two and two together and not blown up. It's not like they were trying to herd an elephant through the lobby. Our next story is from Terrible Storyteller. Gotta follow the contract terms and conditions. Below is one of my favorite stories from my days as an on-call service technician. Background. As an enterprise-level security systems technician, I was put on an on-call rotation. The contract with City is, we don't pay for travel time, only time on site, in increments of 15 minutes. Company pays me minimum 3 hours overtime no matter what. Story time. 
It's Thursday of the first spring, long weekend, it's 5pm, and I'm just about to leave the office. We got a call from the city for a water treatment plant way out on the most eastern part of the city. On a normal day, this drives an hour and a half. On a long weekend, it's 2 hours and 25 minutes. The client says, hey OP, a truck leaving the plant clipped the gate card reader and the lights apparently won't turn on anymore. We need you to fix it. I ask the client, have you had mobile guard dispatched to test the unit? It's a long drive on a long weekend for something that may be able to wait until Monday or not even be an issue. They say sorry, he left for a long weekend and guards are busy at another site. Terms and conditions says you gotta attend today. Sorry, dude. After two and a half hours in brutal traffic, I get to the site, check in with the dispatch and find that no one has tried to get into this gate for over 24 hours. Not one person has even tried to use the gate. Wanna know why? As it's an exit gate, the only time it's used for entry is when the other gate is down or when full-size trailers need access to the site which only happens once a month for chemical deliveries. This gate is not important for a long weekend emergency service and could have waited for Monday 9am when the guy who lives down the street could have attended. Cue malicious compliance. 1. Manufacturer's recommendations require me to follow multiple steps to replace faulty devices. There's a lot of things I can normally bypass to save time, but the contract terms and conditions with the city require I follow all appropriate steps to prevent damage to the controller. 2. Need access to the main controller, and the city guards have that, so I can't start the repair process. Guards won't be there for another 35 minutes. They have to pay me while I do payroll and go grab a coffee. 3. With a guard on site. I follow each letter of the best practice guidance with meticulous detail and patience. 4. Oh shoot, the backboard on the pedestal needs some repair and modifications, as the previous integrator installed the old reader poorly, but terms and conditions requires me to make it right, so off to Home Depot I go. 5. With the new reader installed, I have to make sure the wiring at the head end is correct. It's not, gotta fix that, and I don't have spare wire to do. Off to location B 15 minutes away to grab 6 feet of wire. 6. All wiring done, reader powered on, time to test and commission using convoluted testing sheets and dispatch to ensure proper functionality. It's now 9.30pm, I charge the client for a new reader, new wiring, proper backplate assembly, and my time to wait for the guard to bring the keys and observe contract terms and conditions. I could have just swiped my card on the reader and left, but I'd rather the company make up for my travel time and labor. I can't remember how much the final bill was, I want to say something like a thousand dollars, but thanks to my notes on the worker, city paid in full. Honestly respect to OP because whoever has a long weekend like that is not going to want to drive two and a half hours to reseat something that should be a five second fix. So make this person who clearly has no idea how things run there pay up for forcing you to do useless work. And our final story of the day is by Stardinia. Don't mess with my uncle. My uncle is very much one of the coolest people I know. He crams every second of every day enjoying all that life has to offer, from safari trips to nature photography to beekeeping to tropical fish breeding, complete with custom aquarium building, and more. He's also the nicest guy you'll ever meet, willing to help anybody with anything at any time. One of his hobbies include gardening, and he turned his giant backyard into a pollinator's paradise, with the flower beds enclosed by a small, short, white picket fence. 
The ones that are like 6 inches tall and used just to keep the garden contained, but they're more decorative than anything. Now, having done well for himself in life, he also happens to live in a snooty, upper-class neighborhood with lots of trophy-wife busybodies who can't mind their own business. As part of this snooty neighborhood, the HOA rules explicitly state, no fences. Of course, they mean large, 6-10 to foot tall fences around your property, not tiny fences around a garden bed. Either way, my uncle's neighbor decided to take it upon herself to report my uncle to the HOA for having a fence. And he got a letter from the HOA, since I guess their interpretation did find my uncle in the wrong. His response? To read the entire HOA bylaws to ensure that whirly gigs, the lawn ornaments that look like a bird with spinning wings that make an awful constant clacking noise, weren't prohibited. They weren't, so my uncle up and replaced all of his garden fencing with these whirly gigs. Dozens, if not hundreds of them, clacking at all hours of the day and night. It was quite a racket. My uncle's a nice guy, so he took them all down at the end of the season, but I'm sure it humbled that awful neighbor of his. She never said anything to him or the HOA again, probably in fear of worse retaliation, like wind chimes. Honestly, respect to Opie's uncle for dealing with this in a non-confrontational way. It would be very easy to get into some kind of verbal spout with that neighbor or do something really malicious like signs or something outright blatant that maybe somebody can complain about a little bit more. But just going in your backyard and putting all these clacking birds around, there's not much they can really do about that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to see another compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on the left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. With that said, I'll see you all again next time for some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.